You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey, there's the music. That means it's time for Animal Talk. Some of the best doggone pet people on the planet here to help you with your pets. Like that cat sitting across from me. Hi, I'm Brian Donovan, and I'm in my pajamas. You guys have... Did you, did you just now? I did not. I, 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 I saw him. Oh, yeah. I, I saw the pants. Yeah, you guys are just... I know. We, we, were, we were being nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I teach high school, so uh, I see people in pajamas all day <laughs> right, long. Right, right. It's, uh, it's like, um, you know, we were talking about all the things that have changed. Sure. And, Jamie, clothing. Oh. As it was, you know, the boys yeah. did not wear... They never wear jeans. Mm-hmm. Never have even... They don't even own jeans. They just wear sweats all the time. Yeah. yeah. Church, sweats. <laughs> <laughs> School, sweats. Weddings. I mean, anything. Oh, yeah. Anything. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was a point of pride. I stayed in my jammies all weekend. I didn't go anywhere. And so yeah. I just I didn't get out of my flannel pants. So just, just real quick, um, you know, when the, <laughs> when the pandemic hit for the first time, I, uh, I went all in in, in, uh, in stock market. <laughs> uh, and I, I've done very, very well. Oh, but fair play. You know what? Uh, so you, you, you kind of think, what's... Uh, What's not going to be here right now, but we'll, sure. we'll bounce back. Sure. So I thought men's warehouse. Oh. Because, uh, you know, no one's getting married, proms, nothing like that, right? Yeah, yeah. But once we're out of this. No, uh, they, didn't they just totally go, totally gone? They died. Oh, they, yeah. they, <laughs> they, I got a certificate of worthlessness. I swear to God, it says, it says Same. declaration of worthlessness. <laughs> declaration of worthlessness. Yeah. Cheers on that one. Yeah. So, Holy But uh, I was talking to my brother today about it. He's yeah. like, he's like, yeah, nobody, you know, weddings, funerals, nobody gets dressed up, right? No. You know, what, what are you, what are you thinking? I'm, I thought, I thought the pandemic would last like, you know, six weeks. And then, yeah. <laughs> and and then, then everybody be shopping for slacks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought, you know, uh, dances. I just wanted to work slacks in slack. the conversation. <laughs> uh, my name's Jamie. Just making sure everybody has a good time pushing our buttons today. Hey, uh, Hi guys, Matt Fox. Hey, hey Matt Fox. I, I haven't been here in a second, so I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So, but the thing is, Brian, and, and that what you were talking about leads us exactly to to where we were going today. Um, just with the the, the pandemic and the, the very changing times, it's it's really challenging and and really troubling. Troubling times for a lot of people, uh, and in the pet industry, in the pet world. I mean, people are spending a lot more time with their pets, right? Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of pets that need homes. Right. And there's a lot of there's a lot of rescues and there's a lot of shelters. And and these people did a lot of things. Uh, fundraising. Yeah. Fundraising in, in is rest- all but dead now. Right. I in mean, restaurants, you know, people would donate extra income. Yeah. There's right. not extra income. Right. Right. You know, uh, it, it, it's a it's a massive, massive challenge. And one of the bigger groups in, in doing just some amazing work in the metro Detroit area is the Detroit dog rescue and we kind of wanted to see, see how shelters are weathering the storm and, and what's going on yeah. so let's go to the big dog and we got uh, christina rinaldi uh from the detroit dog rescue with us and uh she's gonna help us uh wade into the waters of of what's going on right now christina welcome to animal talk hi guys thanks for having me hey, christina uh first off do you like to be referred to as the big dog <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Uh, you don't look like a big dog. You don't look ferocious. Carly refers to me as the dog queen of Detroit. I just <laughs> won an award for being Detroit's dog boss. So I mean, I'm cool with the big dog. Whatever okay. gets dogs adopted. All right, cool. all right. I like dog. I like dog boss. Yeah. I'm going with. I'm going with dog <laughs> boss. Is dog, good, yeah. dog boss is good. So Christina, uh, before we get into uh, into all that, tell me about your childhood. <laughs> so. Yeah. 
you know, um, the reason I connect with dogs is I kind of had a crazy upbringing. You know, I was a survivor of child abuse and bounced around a little bit. So I really connected with shelter pets. Wherever I went, there was a dog to comfort me. Um, so it was almost destined that I started rescuing dogs in the city of Detroit and building dog shelters. And that's what I do now. So yeah, so that's uh, just and it, it's like such a huge, huge thing. And, and you guys are growing. You've you've had a couple <laughs> before the pandemic. Uh, you did a couple big expansions, like in the last year and a half, two years. Um, did you you opened up like a, a a bigger compound almost, right? So that's what we're doing now. Is it kind of happened in a weird time? But uh, Westcott Veterinary Clinic, who has they have several locations. They were going to close down their Detroit location, and it's eleven thousand square feet. And they called me and they said, we've seen you on the news before. Would you be interested in taking over this building? We'll give it to you for free. Like, I, amazing, right? Like a dream come true. Now you're so a I, slumlord. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to look at the building and like a lot of buildings in Detroit, it was built in 1962 and had never been touched since 1962. Um, so we're renovating it with the Bissell Pet Foundation. They just gifted us $100,000. And we're working with, yeah, I know, big claps to Kathy Bissell and Bissell and the Bissell Pet Foundation. But uh, we're renovating it right now with PCI OneSource, and we hope to be in there by the end of the year. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. But And so that raises a, a really, in what we were talking about, mm -hmm. a, a really unique challenge because... 20 and everybody's like, Oh, I can't wait for the new year. And I'm sitting there <laughs> thinking, you know, January 1st, <laughs> it's not much different. It's still going to be yeah. just right. kind of really challenging. So, um, yeah, the whole pandemic and, 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 uh, so how are, how, how is that impacting, uh, what you're doing and how you're doing it? You know, it's really tough. We were gifted this building actually right before the pandemic yeah. and had kind of started moving ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, then the pandemic hit and everyone turned to us in a world that was standing still and said, who is going to help the dogs? So we still went full steam ahead with helping the city of Detroit, Detroit police, um, and, you know, the residents that needed help with their dogs. We were delivering dog food porch to porch for people who had lost their job or were too scared to come out of their house. You know, maybe they were a high risk um, resident and didn't want to come out of their house. So we hit it full steam ahead. But of course, on the back end, you know, we need support for that. So mm -hmm. we've really just been living this very polar life through the pandemic of helping as much as we can. But of course, we need the support for that. Because, I mean, I mean, it's um, I mean, when you when you adopt out the dogs, I mean, there's a, there's a fee to adopt a dog, but it, it barely scratches the surface on, on what goes into uh, getting a dog into your system, healthy, trained and then out of your system. Um, what, what's the average, uh, you know, sticker price on, on moving a dog in and out so average cost, because we take some of the worst cases, we're talking, unfortunately about dogs that have been shot or chained up, emaciated with medical care and their spay and neuter and their general vaccines. Each dog costs us about $1,200 yeah. adoption fee is about 150. So you can kind of see the deficit there. That's a um, terrible business model. That is. Yeah, that is. <laughs> That's what my board of directors says. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That is. So, because uh, we, uh, we, we, Podcast Detroit, uh, we're here in Northville, our uh, palatial uh, Northville studios, but we also have a set of studios in the Detroit Shipping Company. And over the summer, uh, well, not last summer, but the summer before, holy crap, time is just mm -hmm. waning away. But we did, uh, there was a, there was a really cool fundraiser 
uh, that you guys were doing with the Alaskan Brewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. They were there and we're doing a little fundraiser in the restaurant. But all that stuff is uh, just kind of like the glaciers uh, melted away. Um, you know, we're so lucky to have so many communi- community partners like that, that, I mean, that those community fundraisers, that's what keeps us going. But we've had, you know, in 2020, we had zero events. We usually have an event at the Townsend Hotel. We usually have a golf outing. I mean, all of it, we still did our golf outing very distance and it raised half of what it normally does, but it was something. Um, so all of our events have been canceled, but what's, you know, all of our adoption events have been canceled. So where you would normally come and see the dogs and maybe buy a t-shirt, drop 20 bucks in the bucket, mm-hmm. all of those options were taken away from us. So it has been hard and we've had to get very creative. So are you, are you, are you, are, do you have to say no, uh, to some dogs? Are you, are you limit more limited now on, on what you can do? Well, anybody that knows me knows that that is never going to happen. <laughs> That's and not we, in your vocabulary. Yeah. Uh, we came up with virtual adoption. So instead of me going into your house and, you know, making sure that everything is okay and that your fence is intact, um, I basically said, let's get on FaceTime. Walk me around. Let's make sure that this is the dog for you. And we virtually made it happen in the beginning mm-hmm. um, when we didn't know if, if the virus was spreading through contact. We did contactless adoptions. We'll do a FaceTime at, you know, through your house. You'll come to me, pick up the dog, bring a leash with you. I'll have my end of the leash. You clip your leash on. And we did basically contactless adoptions. And we oh. still, you know, got these dogs adopted. Wow. You just yeah. find a way, huh? Yeah. So how many, how many dogs do you have right now that uh, are in need of uh, a forever home? So we have about 86 dogs right now. And a lot of them, most of them, unless they're in our behavior modification program, are on our website, DetroitDogRescue.com. You can check them out. You can fill out a foster application or an adoption application and see all the dogs there. That's what I was going to ask right now. How important um, are foster homes? Are, you know, Because you're like, I, you know, I don't know if I want a dog forever in my life. But, uh, you know, I do have a little bit of time on my hands now. How important is the fostering right now? Fostering saves lives. That has been my saying since the beginning of Detroit Dog Rescue. You know, we started, we're the first no-kill shelter in the city of Detroit, but we started with fosters, uh, you know, having 30 or 40 foster homes to look to. So a dog can live in the nicest shelter, and my shelter is beautiful, and it's clean, and it's bright. Um, but dogs have about 15 days until they start to decline in a kennel environment, no matter how nice it is. And we need these dogs, their next step to be to go to a home. You know, once they're healthy, they need to hear the sound of a dishwasher, the sound of laughter, a fork clanging. I had a foster recently. I turned on my hair dryer and they freaked out because they've never heard a hair dryer before. So all of the sights and sounds that we take for granted or our pets, you know, we just take for granted that our pets are used to those. That's what a foster does is they really help acclimate these dogs to the real world. So, how, and again, is that that's on your website? People can uh, uh, yeah. register and help out that way? Absolutely. DetroitDogRescue.com. And, you know, it's just a lot of people, they do. They want to adopt a dog who's a companion and a pet. And if we can get them used to walking on a leash first and used to those sights and sounds, it's such a great gift. You know, being a foster, I know it's really hard. And a lot of people say, oh, I, I could never do it. I'll get attached. But What's really cool is now we live in a world of social media. So I'm friends with the families of almost every dog that we've ever adopted oh, out. That's all, that's and I, it's really cool. You know, on, on one platform or another, I get to see where these dogs go and the life that they have. And it's really fulfilling. 
You know, some of my favorite people uh, out there are are really foster fails because they do get attached. Um, and we were talking before we came on tonight. Um, are, have you ever been a foster fail, Christina? So I've been a foster fail a few times. I try to keep my home open because I take in a lot of our hospice cases. Um, so I try to keep my home open. But over Thanksgiving, we had a short little dog who looks just like a German shepherd with two inch legs. Um come into my office because we didn't have anywhere to place him for the night. We had picked him up and didn't have anywhere to place him. And I said, Oh, it's Thanksgiving. I'll take him home with my family. Needless to say, Robo, the German shepherd, Corgi Bassett hound uh, is never leaving my home and has made his way into my heart. And if you want to know what that looks like, I'm he's on my Instagram, Christina, right. Or, you know, on my Facebook, Christina Rinaldi. And he is definitely a sight to see. Is that we do because I follow you and it's like when it, he you hadn't failed yet and you're like here's a here's a new guy he'll be looking for his home and I was, I literally ran into the living room because uh, we've been without a dog for about two years and I was like I, I don't know what it was about. and I was like I showed it to my wife she's like why do you show me these things she goes I am only gonna want to go get a dog if you keep doing this because I'm the one actually pumping the brakes on on getting another uh, puppy she's she's kind of. She's kind of, she actually asked for one, uh, for Christmas, uh, not from me, but from her son, my, from my stepson, Colin. So she's like, yeah, I asked him for a dog. Yeah. She goes, I don't know if he's going to get me one or not. Uh, so she kind of rolled the dice on that to you, see. You kind of can't help it. If, yeah. I mean, once a dog person, always a dog well, person. Yeah. We're soon. Yeah. Right. And, and uh, you know, you just, um, you, you, you see the right one. It's like, gotta have it. Gotta yeah. have that dog. Yeah. Oh man. my God. This guy is so, so cool. But you, there's, there's, there's a lot of cool dogs, uh, being the Detroit Dog Rescue. Uh, the first thing that pops to mind is the, there's a lot of there's a lot of pit bulls running around the city. Um, is that the 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 majority of the dogs that you're you're trying to place, or, or what do you what do you have? What, what's on the shelves? <laughs> That's a great question. And you know, when we first started, everybody referred to us. They thought that we were pit bulls and parolees, the show, and they thought we were a pit bull only rescue. And really, it's just anything we find in Detroit. Um, we do find a lot of pit bulls. So we are 70% pit bull based, but it's such an umbrella term pit bull. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I get something labeled a pit bull that looks more like a black lab. Sometimes I get something labeled a pit bull that's more of a German shepherd. For some reason, we're seeing a ton of huskies come in Ooh. recently. Um, so we have quite a few huskies on the website. If there's any husky lovers, a lot of German shepherds. And believe it or not, a lot of Yorkies. Oh, wow. Uh, we see a lot of backyard really? breeds. So a lot of Yorkies, a few Maltese or Maltipoos here and there, Cocker Spaniels. Um, but the Yorkies, a lot of people buy them as gifts. You know, they love the little two-pounders. And then they find out how often they have to go outside to go to the bathroom and that they're a job. And, you know, unfortunately, they're placed on the street. So we see them quite a bit. You know, one extreme to the other. It's like either you're a pit bull or a Yorkie, but well, we get a little <laughs> bit of that. <laughs> what are some of the things that if someone comes in and they they want to adopt, what what does the education look like for those individuals? What do you guys do with those clients? Oh, that's such a good question. So before any dog is adopted out, we really go through temperament testing. We go through a decompression time and then we go through temperament testing. We temperament test them when they come in just to kind of see what the baseline is. You go through decompression and we have a whole behavior modification program. So then we test you again in two weeks to see what the best family is for you. Hmm. So we really look at the applications and I call it a application survey. You know, I think some rescues have gotten so rigorous with their, you know, you have to have a 10,000 square foot house and live on a lake and you need to have a a nine foot fence that people were coming to me and saying, 
how do I get a dog from a rescue? And I just thought, you know, I know a lot of people in West Bloomfield who have beautiful homes and families, but they don't have a fence. I would rather my dog go there than sit in my shelter. So we really have kind of different survey methods. Um, so you'll come in to meet the dog. And then we talk about what your dog's needs are, what your needs are. Make sure you're a fit for the dog. The dog is a fit for you. Mm-hmm. In non-COVID times, we visit your home. We have um, our adoption coordinators go out to your home. Now we're doing, like I said, FaceTime adoptions. Right. Um, but we really give you all of the force-free kind of paperwork and talking and training because a lot of times it's not about training the dog. It's about training the human. Um, or once the dog is trained, it's about training the human. So we're all force-free, um, science-based you know, we don't use prong collars or choke chains or anything like that. So we always love to educate our adopters on that. Excellent. Thank you for that. It is, it is, it is, a, it is a, a, a teaching a language, uh, especially if it's a new dog owner. You really have to, you know, Brian, I mean, that's, that's your background. That's your expertise. Um, it, it's learning the language. It is. And I often refer to it that way. You know, it's, and uh, people can relate to that. You know, not only are you learning, but you're teaching an animal, a foreign language, and it it allows you to, to give dogs some space for mistakes and to understand this is a kind of a, a, a big deal for a dog to learn your language. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, – um, but the, the most important thing is, to under, is for people to understand that um, the burden's on them, not the dog. The dog's ready to learn. Uh, you just have to be – you know, you just have to uh, get yourself uh, educated. And there's so many resources nowadays on, mm-hmm. online yeah. and – and uh, you know, training um, webinars and all sorts of uh, training material that people can access. There's really no excuse not to, you know, uh, to take it seriously. Right. You know, when I first started training, it was kind of a novelty. You know, yeah. years and years ago, it's yeah, yeah. kind of like, oh, I took my dog to obedience school. You know, and uh, but um, but I, I think it really is a uh, very necessary thing yeah. to uh, uh, you know to, to to get the dog at least some basic obedience. So, Christina, when you're adopting out to a family, right? So not just a couple necessarily, but, uh, you know, a family with kids. What's the, what's the one biggest tip, uh, you have for a family bringing a new dog, a rescue dog at that into their home? That's a great question. So I have a two year old and a six year old at home, and I know what it's like to bring a dog home to a family. And everybody is so excited, right? The kid wants to run up and hug the dog's face and, you know, we want to feed him and we want to give him a treat. The number one thing that I stress is this dog is coming into a new environment. Your kids are coming into, you know, a new dog. Decompression time for the dog is going to be, you know, critical. So maybe we start off with, you know, your dog has a crate, which becomes like their den or their place. And that dog spends some time in the crate to get used to all the sights and the sounds, you know of the home. Like I explained, some dogs have never even heard a hairdryer to never leave your child alone with a dog, no matter you know how much you trust it. We were talking about my little dog Robo earlier. I love Robo. And you know, he's been with us for a couple months and everything is great, but I don't leave Robo and the kids alone when I'm not in the room. Um, you that's know, a big one. That's a, that's a real yeah. big one. People think, you know, dogs and kids, they they can be the best of friends, but um, you know, sometimes uh, kids can kind of overstep or yeah, maybe yeah. hug the dog's neck or, you know. Um, so I, I've always said kids under 10 should always be supervised yeah. with dogs, even if it's a, you know, the, a great family pet. You know, kids will, you know, dress the dog up and tie him up and do all sorts of <laughs> odd and, things. And it happened to you and nearly every dog owner, every dog trainer that, that I know has a story from their childhood. Yeah. Donna, yeah. bit in the face. Yeah. You. 
Bit in the face. Bit in the face. Yeah. <laughs> just because you love dogs. I love the doggies. And you just. I, yeah. I, I crawled under the coffee table <laughs> that my dog was under. And uh, it was a German Shepherd mix. And I, and I, <laughs> I blew air up his nose under the coffee table. And <laughs> the dog was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and, he, and, and, he, and he gave me a lesson that I never forgot. There, yeah. there you are. And to so. this day, I will not. Blow air up a dog's nose, <laughs> or crawl under a coffee or table. table. Yeah. Or ah, no, you'll find Ryan oh, under a yeah, coffee table. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing is preparing your kids that a dog is coming home. You know, a lot of people what they do is they go to the adoption event at the pet store. We weren't even planning on getting a dog, but we see it, and oh my gosh, we gotta have it. The kids love it. Let's just bring it home today mm-hmm. and throw everyone in the mix. Yeah. I think sitting down. And discussing who is going to be responsible for feeding the dog, letting the dog out, and you know. Putting all the parameters in place before the pet comes home, whether right. it's a dog, a bird, yeah. cat, um, I think that's really important. And you got to keep the kids from hovering over the dog because they just can't help themselves. They yeah. gotta, they yeah. want to hug it, they want to squeeze it. But um, yeah, let the dog explore. Let the mm. dog come to you. Mm. You know, yeah. uh, lower the temperature on your emotions. Every just calm down. Let the dog kind of figure things out. Mm-hmm. And you know, after a few days, uh, you, you'll really, really lessen the chance of of mistakes happening. But um, yeah, it's a scary thing for a dog. Could you imagine, yeah. you know, uh, uh, being a dog, you know, you don't speak the language, you don't know what's going on, you have no idea where you are yeah. or what's going to happen from one, one minute to the next. Mm-hmm. It's really surprising that we all don't get bit from time to time. <laughs> <you know? laughs> They're very tolerant of us, yes, is what I'm saying. For sure. All right, Christina, uh, what uh, what sort of uh, your events that you're having, you're doing virtual events, how can people keep track of those and then, you know, get involved and contribute uh, virtually until we're, we're back to, you know, normal? Such a great question. Thank you. So um, we are all over social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We have a Twitter, Detroit Dog Rescue. Uh, but keep checking back with our website, you know, and if you can, I know it's such uncertain financial times for everybody right now. $5 feeds a shelter dog for the week. That's all it takes is $5 to buy some kibble for a shelter dog. So if you want to become a reoccurring donor on our website or even a one-time donor, $5 does so much at Detroit Dog Rescue. Um, and then you can keep up. We're probably going to start hosting events again this summer, whether it's adoption events or fundraisers. Keep up with us. Uh, we have a newsletter that you can uh, subscribe to right at DetroitDogRescue.com. You know what? That should be on your – if it's not on your website, you should put that on. $5 feeds a dog for a week because a lot of times, you know, you have a few bucks or whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. You think, well, yeah. what is this going to do? Yeah. And, um, I mean, uh, you can't Christine, get that's a of, very powerful thing, just a few bucks for the price yeah. of a coffee. And you can't get out of Starbucks for under 5 bucks. Yeah, that's right? how, yeah. for the price of coffee, you can feed a dog for a week. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Well, that started because, you know, when Detroit Dog Rescue started – I, we didn't have an, really a, a nonprofit background. We loved animals and we had a lot to learn. And everyone said, man, you're going to have to go out and fundraise and get like hundreds of thousands of dollars from people. And I kind of said, well, what about the person that can donate $5 or $10 if we all do it together mm-hmm. and started breaking down like $5 really feeds a shelter dog for a week. You don't have to be the $100,000 donor. We appreciate that. And that can do a lot for our new shelter, but everybody can do so much. That's you know yeah. what we're trying to say. So I saw something on social media today, uh, and I think it might be something new that you want to talk about because uh, I do weekends at 96.3, and I know we've done uh, some events with, with you guys and uh, my favorite attorney, 
uh, Lisa Lisa uh, posted today. She goes, I got my new DDR gear. And so is there a new line of clothing that we need to know about? There is there. Thank you, Lisa Lisa. So I'm like, I kind of fan, <laughs> fan over radio people. And of course, I've been listening to Lisa Lisa, you know, yeah, back oh Lisa, Lisa the party princess. So uh, she has a DDR dog now. And um, we do. So when we first started Detroit Dog Rescue, that was another way that we made money is we came up with like a really cool logo and we put it all over shirts and things like that. So we do have a whole clothing line that feeds the the dogs of Detroit. Again, DetroitDogRescue.com. And that is one of the main ways we pay for all of our behavior mo- modification, medical bills, all of that. So um, we just came out with a really cool shirt. It's our Go Be Great shirt because that's what we tell every dog when they go home and get adopted. We tell them Go Be Great. So you can check with T-shirts, skull caps, the whole, everything is up there. Hey, Christina, what what's the uh, the I, I guess we call it the recidivism rate? I mean, how often do dogs get adopted out and then have to come back for one reason or another? That's a great question. So one thing I'm really proud of is, you know, especially being in Detroit and the amount of trauma that some of these dogs have gone through, we have a less than 3% return rate. Well, see, I think that's important because I'm sure a lot of people think, ah, I don't know if I can handle this. And, you know, it's it's a dog that uh, maybe has a checkered past and, you know, but uh, at 3%. That's pretty successful, uh, you know, uh, successful, you know, household rate, I guess you'd call it. I guess that just speaks towards the due diligence that you guys do beforehand, before placing the puppy and the the dog into that home. And that's what we care. You know, I knew being in Detroit and the things we were going to see, if we were really going to rehabilitate these dogs and work with the families, that some of these dogs, it was going to have to be a partnership. So, you know, I have certified trainers on my team that you can call that, you know, if you need a home visit in three months, because you just can't get this dog potty trained sometimes. And I'm sure Brian sees it changing the smallest thing in your routine. I knew someone who adopted a puppy and they're like, I just absolutely can't get a potty trained. And I'm like, where's the dog's crate? And it was beautiful, you know, 5,000 square foot house. They're trying to get a brand new puppy from their master bedroom to hold it all the way till it gets downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I don't even know if I can do that. The dog sleeps and waking him up to go potty and the door is right there. Made a world of difference in potty training. So mm. sometimes it's just, you know, we really wanted to partner with you to make it successful. We're not a pet shop where you buy the dog and then you leave and we never see you again. Right. Right, right. back to your point of training the human, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it is simple. It's really simple stuff, but you, you know, you got to apply it and you have to get the dog on a schedule. I mean, dogs love routine. They mm-hmm. love schedules and, and that'll, uh, that'll do you a lot of good to lower the dog's stress. And, but yeah, you have to be reasonable as well. You can't uh, expect the dog to, especially. Hold it. Hold yeah, it. Yeah. Hold uh, it. If you Google Detroit Dog Rescue, it comes up all the socials and everything comes up. But what's the main website again, Christina? Uh, DetroitDogRescue.com. Uh, easy enough. That's, yeah. uh, and $5 feeds a dog for a week. But remember, they eat every single week. <laughs> so, they do. And we are, you know, we're a nonprofit. Your donations are tax deductible. Um, we're one of only a few shelters that are uh, in, in Detroit that are licensed by the Michigan Department of Agriculture. So they come in and check on us uh, whenever they want. And we have all clear ratings and we love them having them as a partner. And, you know, we've partnered with Bissell Pet Foundation. So if you're looking for a dog, you know, we're a safe place you can come with questions or anything that you need. Perfect. Yeah, we'll pay attention to your, to the website and the events because we you know we'd love to partner with you in anything that's upcoming. Yeah. Once it's back to normal, as Jamie said, you know we'd love to partner with you in that regard as well. Thank yeah. you. I've been you know listening to you guys for a long time and and really appreciate all the information that you put out there. 
Cool. Thank you. All right. Well, Christina, we will we'll be seeing you soon, and, and thanks for hanging out. Thank thanks, you. guys. Thank you All so right. much. Have a great night. Take you care. Too. Bye. Bye. Yay, Detroit Dog Rescue. Man, she doesn't seem like a slumlord. She's really, she seems <laughs> very nice. She's, she's, oh, she's amazing. She's very, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, they do good work. We, 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 we 96.3, uh, they were like our, our – our, we, we, we moved from like yeah. a children's hospital. We did a, a big thing with that. It was great, man. It was dogs all over the place. And that's a thankless job too. It's I like, mean, man, people that do, do that sort of work um, – my goodness, you know, you, you see the worst of the worst. Your heart breaks every day. Yeah, and um, you know, you go back and uh, and do it again the next day. Yeah, there, and there's no shortage of the the next dog looking you know. for its home in this in the city. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's a lots of work to do, and and they're and they're doing it. So yeah. love them, love them, love them, love them for doing that. Uh, some people got questions though, and we we're trying to help. Folks people out. got questions. People's has Pe- got some questions, and we were just talking about. They have questions. Oh, I was gonna do a. I was gonna do a bad joke with her but we oh. went on you say people, i'll save it for the bad animal you jokes. said people have questions or people are questioning you which uh, one is a it? little bit of <laughs> a little bit of everything there but it's puppy potty time she mm-hmm. was talking about potty training um and this is uh this is coming in and says i think our situation is kind of weird because uh he's somewhat potty trained but i wonder um with continued and consistency potty training, will my puppy naturally learn not to eliminate in the house? Well, if he's eliminating in the house, he's not potty trained. Uh, it seems like a, a dream if he would ever be able to uh, romp around the house without us having to worry about him randomly excreting in here. The weird thing is he's he's really smart. Uh, the dog, This dog is, is really smart. Um, and I heard people telling me how their puppy was trained in two weeks. Uh, and this gets me very discouraged because it's been much longer than that with our pup. Uh, I'm wondering if he'll grow out of soiling in our house because I want him to eventually have a freedom uh, around the house, uh, be it uh, the the full day and, and, and be a full part of our, our, our family. How long should it take for my puppy to get it right? Yeah. Well, two weeks is kind of the, uh, you know, the goal. Yeah. To get it done within a couple of weeks. But there are a lot of things that may make that, um, you know, that may extend that time. Uh, one thing, if it's a smaller dog, they didn't say what type of dog they had. No. But, or um, how long it's been. Yeah. I mean, it's wintertime here in Michigan. Right. So, right. uh, if you have a smaller dog, they don't want to go outside. So no. it's, 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 that might, uh, you know, uh, prolong that. But the main thing is, you know, mm-hmm. dogs are very, very consistent. Now think about this. You're feeding the dog. The same food every day, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you feed them at the same time every day, their body, whether they're you know easy to housebreak or difficult to housebreak, they're going to be pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. You see, so usually the the problem is the the pet owner is not at the right place at the right time, doesn't have a good sense for how the dog's body's processing the food. So it really is just a matter of timing. Mm. And um, so if you're feeding the dog at the exact same time every day. Timing is everything. Yeah. yeah. Leave the food down for a few minutes. Um, the dog's going to be consistent. And then your only job is to figure out, you know, uh, what that time frame is and make sure the dog's in the right place at the right time. So, um, but people are busy. I understand, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, people make mistakes. Also, if you, if you correct your dog too harsh for potty problems, sometimes the dog will start hiding on you. Uh, I was, I'm, I was looking for the clues in the, in the yeah, email. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of detail, but, if you're having problems, it's either a timing issue or you're correcting too harsh. Because um, what you want to, the best problem you can have is for the dog to make mistakes right in front of you. 
Because then you can you can correct them very quickly. But if they're hiding, right. that means they're scared. Mm-hmm. So they're they're it makes your job a lot more difficult, and you're probably correcting your dog too harsh. Mm-hmm. So you got to lighten up, usher them outside as quick as possible, and then just keep doing that until the dog just starts going to the door on their own. And they will do it. It mm-hmm. may just it may seem like it's a, a long process, and you know if if you um, if the dog's making some progress, uh, but still has a few mistakes, that means you're getting there. Mm-hmm. But they don't grow out of it. You have to train them out of it. So there's no right. growing out of no, it. Yeah. No, no. I mean, look, look at Matt. He still makes mistakes from time oh. to time. Uh, I, I, we don't have enough time to talk about the mistakes <laughs> that I've made. Yeah. Uh, all right. Potty all the time. Potty mm-hmm. all the time. Potty all the time. Sorry. Just uh, <laughs> need some Eddie Murphy in my life. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> the great... The musician and <laughs> songwriter. So, but here's another. It's another potty. It's another potty one. But this is interesting. Uh, my my answer: too big and throw that damn thing out. Ah, so it's a okay, like the Kreskin, right? <laughs> I hold an envelope up to my forehead. Yeah, yeah. Too big, throw that damn thing out. <laughs> yeah. All right, here's now here's the scenario. Yeah. Let me know if I'm right. We've already come up with several questions. <laughs> yeah. So, are we questioning you or are we asking questions? All right. Uh, we've adopted a beautiful golden retriever puppy, just eight weeks old. She's mostly very good. However, we have a problem with her sleeping in the grass potty training mat that is in her pen. Uh, she has a cooling mat, uh, a cooling mat bed and plenty of room in her pen, but she always ends up laying on the grass mat, which is a problem because in the morning she's covered in her own pee and then needs to be shampooed. Uh, this has happened several times. I'm not sure if we, uh, should be taking the mat out. Um, it's the best way to have her associate grass with going to the potty. Um, I'm also not entirely sure why she's sleeping on it at all. It doesn't look comfortable. I thought maybe it was too hot, uh, and that's why we got her a cooling mat bed, and now she still uh, sleeps on, on the grass. How do we solve this problem? This is a little bit of a problem. Uh, one of the things we count on when we're housebreaking a, a, a dog uh-huh. is that dogs tend to not want to eliminate, you know, go uh, – <laughs> In the same place they sleep, ah, and we right, right. we count on that yeah. to help us with the house with breaking. the crate, and that turns the crate into a really good tool. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, unfortunately, your dog doesn't have that <laughs> that programming installed. <laughs> Skip the cog. Oh well. All right. Probably yeah. a heart of gold, though. Heart of gold. Gold yeah. retriever. So you know what? Um, heart of gold. First of all, don't question yourselves. It's, it sounds like you're doing a lot of things right. Yeah. You know, they want the dog to get used to going in the grass, that sort of thing. But does that fake grass really simulate grass? Not that's, really, but that's my thing. It'd be like throw that damn thing out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would too. You know, you might want to go with a potty pad because that that grass might just be something that uh, you know the the dog is it's it's tactilely likes. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but. Um, but now he's go- he's eliminating on it, so and then not- sleeping on and it, and then sleeping. So now he's doing both. Um, so ma- take the pad and move it outside, and say here, and well, then slowly remove it. Yeah, but uh, if 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 it's in a pen, it sounds like they kind of cordoned off an area, or they have an X pen or something for okay, the fair for yeah. the, the yep. pet. And then so the dog's used to going there. Yeah, ideally, what you want to do is is uh, uh, um, start moving that that place where she goes mm-hmm. further and further, further and closer to the door. And then outside eventually. So maybe um, next thing you know, she's sleeping outside all the time. So yeah, could, and could the crate could the crate be too big? That was my other thing. It's too big. Well, and throw they, that damn they, thing they out. said a pen. So maybe, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's a little too large. So uh, to Matt's point, what you might want to do, pen, yeah. it, it's only eight weeks old, so it's a little bit early. But you might want to only at night 
at night, take that uh, the grass pad and put it outside the pen. Mm-hmm. All right, and see if, uh, and then maybe put a. Uh, you know, a, a potty pad or another place for the dog to sleep. Maybe the dog will start associating. Oh, when I can get out to that pad, you know, I can I can go to uh, go to the bathroom. Hmm. So, um, yeah. but he, the dog's only eight weeks old, so right. it's, it's yeah. still just a knucklehead, you know, baby. <laughs> Doesn't know what it's doing. <laughs> so, um, you might want to give it another week or so to see if if this is if this is a habit or just a fluke. Mm. So they probably haven't had the the puppy that long. If it's only eight weeks, right. maybe. The the puppy's just kind of acclimating to the household, and and uh, so give it a few days, maybe a week. If the dog starts creating a habit of sleeping where it's where it's peeing, then um, uh, that would be very strange, very right. odd. But it, it does happen from time to time. So sure. see if the dog will, you know, maybe uh, over the next few days, kind of gravitate towards an area that doesn't have piss all over it. <laughs> <laughs> and to your point, Brian, you know, um, consistency, right? Uh-huh. You keep the dog consistent when, you know, put them on that schedule, yeah. you know, pay attention to its body regulating the food and what have you. So, yeah. Yeah. Your, yeah. See, not all potty issues are, are dog related though. They're not. Mm-mm. Not at all. Nope. Oh. Uh, some are cats. Cats. Ooh. Cats have some issues now and again as well. No, they don't. Cats are generally easier, but yeah, they yeah, can yeah, have yeah. some problems. Yeah. So we got a kitten. We got a kitten here named Ori. Um, female, almost three months. Uh, was rehom- rehomed to my partner and I in December when she was eight weeks old. Now, uh, about a month ago now, right? Uh, first week, she was great. No problems. Seemed to get on using a litter box perfectly fine. And then the problems arose. Uh, she had a bit of diarrhea. Mm. So we adjusted her diet as the vet recommended and things were getting better. Uh, still a little loose stool. And the problem is we would wake up and in the bed, there would be a tiny little piece of skishy kitty poopy in the bed. Uh, that has stopped, thankfully. She hasn't pooped around the house in, in a good week and a half, at least. But the problem is now she stopped pooping. She's peeing on our bed instead. Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so the cat's not pooping on the bed. It's peeing on the bed. We've cleaned the bed sheets and even the, the duvet several times with detergents, adding um, – you know, cat uh, odor remover products into the laundry uh, for washing. Um, it doesn't seem to, to be doing anything at all. The smell seems to be gone for our human noses, but clearly uh, the cat still associates the bed with the pee spot. Yeah. Um, this is happening consistently almost every night, wow. uh, occasionally during the day too. Uh, we've taken her to the vet. Uh, three times in the last month, it's getting really expensive, and the vet is being pretty unhelpful, to be honest. Generally, they say she's in good health. Yeah. Um, so the vet said she could be peeing for attention, uh, which surprised us because we give her tons of attention, uh, more akin to a dog than a cat. Really, we play with her, have her in our laps while we're working, and we pet her all the time. What recommendations would you have for deterring her from peeing on the bed? Yeah, I don't think this is a, a necessarily a behavior problem like the cat's trying to. It's it's still a baby, right? Yeah. It's only twelve weeks old at this mm-hmm. point. So I would, um, uh, generally speaking, when you're when you're litter training a cat, you keep them in a small area, like a half bath. It sounds area. like the cat has free reign at night. It's exactly. like, oh, she's sleeping right. in the bed with yeah. us. It's going here, going. It's like, yeah. well, right. there's this magical device. Yeah. It's called a door. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Shut the door. Lock, get that thing on a nice tiled floor. A nice tiled floor and a small bathroom. Easy, or something easy to clean. Yeah. yeah. Put the cat box in there. Yep. 
Or maybe two two cat boxes, two litter boxes, right. mm-hmm. just so that she has uh, some choice in there. She's not going to like it at this point because she's used to sleeping <laughs> with you. But, um, yeah, this will become a behavior pa- pattern. I mean, if the, the cat's already doing it on a regular basis, you're in for a lot of trouble if you don't break this now. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say for the next month, when you go to bed, uh, put the cat in this area. Make it as comfortable as possible for her, but don't give her a lot of choice. She goes there. And when you're during the day, when the cat is running around the house, close the door, the magical device that <laughs> Jamie alluded to. Close the door and maybe close some other doors around the house so you, you kind of constrict the area a little bit sure. to get the cat to focus more on the cat litter boxes. And then maybe leave a couple other cat litter boxes out so that the, the cat always has options. Mm-hmm. And those options will seem more obvious, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, yeah, any, any area that she's gone, you, you have to neutralize that odor, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so like a nature's miracle or some kind of a, a, a urine neutralizer. Right. Uh, don't lose, use anything with ammonia in it. It's got a, <laughs> a neutralizer in it, so. Uh, yeah, this is it, it, it'll probably be pretty straightforward. If the cat is healthy, uh, and the vet confirmed that, then um, yeah, it's just a matter of retraining the cat. Yeah. And you know, with with cats and dogs, you it's pretty common to have to retrain them from time to time while they're puppies and kittens mm-hmm. because they're babies and they're knuckleheads and they do stupid things mm-hmm. and they get into behavior patterns that you might not like. So um, always just assume you know, just go right back to the same pattern you had when they, you first brought them home, and it usually fixes the problem in, in no time. Awesome. Hey. Yeah. All right. Cat or dog? Take your pick. Where you want to go? <clears throat> uh, let's go with the cat again. Oh, nice. Okay. Wow. I had roll. the cat one lined up, but I was like, I'll give you a cat option. roll. On <laughs> a cat roll. Uh, so this is it. Uh, <laughs> I put a little headline on here, but I can't read it. I want your opinion on some. Anyway. So uh, just officially became a cat parent myself about a month ago and totally clueless how to handle my little girl. Uh, I need some advice. Uh, adopted this little girl because she kept coming to my house for months and totally owns the yard. She would never leave my yard. Uh, I was away for a two day two. I was away for a, a two day staycation, uh, and when I came home, the cat was missing for a couple of days. But then she came back. But then she came into the house and refused to go out, even pee or poo. So I decided I'm going to adopt her. I bought a litter box and toys and whatnot, and she's loving it and and always seeking our attention around the house. Uh, I decided to take her for a bath and to get vaccinated and dewormed and defleed because she's going to be living with us now. Uh, and she was terrified of the trip. We got home, and she immediately ran for the door. Um, I kept it closed to avoid her from going out, uh, as I intend to get her spayed after her next vaccination. Um, she is constantly staring at the door and always trying to get out at this point now. Um, ignoring me, she seems depressed, turning her back on me when I pet her. She won't respond when I call. Still eating and drinking and pooping normal. Uh, but the vet visits for all the, the cleanup that we needed with her have, have been a weekly occurrence. Um, do I let her out? Um, she desperately wants to get out and, and I don't want to punish her. Uh, and she's just so darn cute. What do I do? You say the vet visits are becoming a weekly occurrence? Yeah, well, because she's getting dewormed and yeah. deloused, and yeah. you know, you know, the, 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 the cat is traumatized. <laughs> no, seriously, that's what that's what's going on. She's, <laughs> if I had to go to the doctor every week, I think I'd be traumatized. The, the first thing that struck me is you have an outdoor cat that yeah, yeah. that wants to come into your house. That's usually not the case. Yeah. Usually, once they're outdoor cat, they they like their freedom. They like oh, to be yeah. out, outdoors. But 
yeah, your cat's scared shitless and she <laughs> wants to get away from your hellhole where you're always taking her to get something, you know. Lopped off yeah, or poked yeah. or, so, do I know you? <laughs> so I would, uh, I, I would not let the cat, now that it's an indoor cat, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, outdoor cats don't live as long. They have, they get hit by cars. Well, especially they, it's not fixed yet. Yeah. Um, so you, you could have some unwanted kittens. And yeah. You, you just... Uh, stay the course mm-hmm. and try to, uh, you know, to. How do you make that vet visit for this cat more tolerable? I, uh, I'd almost say wait for a couple of a month or two. Yeah, at right? least, at least. Can you? Yeah, can you put off the, any of the vet visits? Well, uh, what, uh, I would if if, 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 if at all if, possible. If you talk to yeah. the vet, and can you yeah. can you postpone some? The other thing you can do is uh, take something that you wouldn't normally give the cat, like maybe tuna or something that is just mm-hmm. irresistible. Sure, right. And try your best to associate that with being in the crate, mm-hmm. being in the car, and being at the vet. Mm. Um, you can be very successful depending on how you know how the the cat's appetite you know how the cat responds to it. Uh, but that usually does the trick. So if you do have to take your cat to the vet. Make sure you take their food up. Let, let, let them have water, but take their food up the day before so that this gives you leverage on the animal because the animal is going to respond to the strongest stimulus. So if the strongest stimulus is she's scared to death to go to the, the, the vet, then you could try feeding her. It's not going to work. Right. But if she's a little bit hungry, yeah. and a cat can go days and days and days without food. So don't, you're not starving your cat. <laughs> right. <laughs> go days and days and days. <laughs> so, a day. Maybe. Yeah, well, All right. Well, you know, so okay. 24 hours, no food. Yeah. Okay. Leverage. And, yeah. and then you're putting her in that crate and you're giving her something scrumptious, like a little piece of the tuna. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can change that association real quick. Okay. Um, but, yeah, you, she's traumatized and she yeah. wants to get the hell out of your house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It, it's like it's like signing up for the army, right? And then it's like you know, <laughs> it's like well, I didn't know it was about this. <laughs> you want me to do what, when, where, how? Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, Matt has a lot of anxiety. You think? Mm. Oh yeah, Matt is just yeah. a, a a group of atoms that are stressed. <laughs> yeah, but have, we have, you, a, have you seen my hairline recently? <laughs> <laughs> we got an anxious pup on our hands. Oh, yeah. no. Stay golden, pony boy. What is, is this? Is this Matt? Matt's dog? No. Oh. It's. Uh, I have a golden doodle. I like golden doodles. Mm-hmm. I want a golden doodle. Mm-hmm. I want a big golden doodle. Do you really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Either that or an Irish wolfhound. Really? Yeah. A dog that big? Yeah. They'll be swiping food off your counter. Uh, I mean, really? Oh, maybe not. That opens up a whole new <laughs> that tall? behavior tree. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then they can drive. And, yeah. <laughs> and you could ride them into work. They are yeah. cool dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Irish wolfhounds are very, very cool yeah. dogs. And you don't yeah. see them as often now as you did maybe 20. They, they were never really a, 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 a terribly popular dog. Right. But I would see more 20 years ago, hmm. maybe a little bit more. But yeah. That's the dog Colleen asked for for Christmas. Really? She goes, yeah, give me an Irish wolf. What can I get you, Mom? Give My me an Irish Wolfhound is what she told Colin. That's a lot of dogs. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, I wonder if he'll get me one. He's got a job now. We're <laughs> not charging him rent. Go buy us a damn wow. dog. And man. for 20 bucks a week, you could feed it. And yeah. For, yeah, yeah. That's like, that dog is not five bucks a week. That's for sure. All right. But we got a golden doodle uh, on our hand. It's a female puppy, mm-hmm. about seven months old, uh, from a breeder. Uh, got it when it was nine weeks old. Uh, and everything's been going really well. Happy puppy most of the time. Really good socializing with other dogs. A little less with humans because of COVID. We don't see a lot of people, but very doggy friendly, very friendly dog. One thing's been worrying me, however, uh, is how much anxiety she has. Mm. Uh, very noise sensitive. Uh, gets scared to the point that she starts shaking. 
Uh, the noise can be anything from the water in the pipes uh, of the central heating to a door closing abruptly, uh, a car door out on the street, uh, a car that going down the street very fast, and she just starts shaking. Uh, since the beginning, I've been trying to desensitize her. Uh, with these situations, but it just seems to be getting worse. And again, this is a seventh-month-old mm-hmm. pup. So today, uh, working in my home office, uh, quiet apartment, and uh, she heard something from the street and came running to my office and tucked between my legs, sat there looking terrified, shaking and shaking, and it took like 30 minutes for the dog to relax. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot to me. Um, so uh, not anything anyone would want for their puppy, right? I've heard this will go away when the dog has their first heat, uh, which might be around the corner for this dog. Uh, but what is your experience and how can I help my dog with her anxiety? Well, it definitely sounds like you have a sense – the dog has a sensitivity to, to the sound. And that happens sometimes. You know, yeah. Some dogs just have a, a higher ambient stress. Yeah. They want a little bit too tight. And it sounds like all kinds of sounds. So it's not just yeah. like just car yeah. doors or just right. – you know. But you can counter condition the dog. And here's how you do it. I'll do this by way of just example. Just blast like Metallica 24-7. Close, yeah. I mean, uh, Matt, what if I came in there right now and just slapped your pretty face? What would you? How would you feel? Uh, I, I probably would like it. But no. Well, <laughs> no, he's a little Wrong guy. Wrong guy. <laughs> he's a, yeah. You probably wouldn't appreciate it. No, right? absolutely not. No. And, and, uh, and you'd probably be angry or you'd feel something, right, that yeah. isn't positive. Like, what the hell, man? But what if I – right after I slapped you – I gave you $10,000, and then I, I, I walked away, and then I did a 15 minutes later, I slapped you and gave you $10,000. Do it again. There's going to be part of you that thinks, man, I hope he, I hope he stops by again. <laughs> Do it again. Yeah, right? Yeah. When's, so, that, when's that Brian guy coming That's back? what counter-conditioning is. So if you associate something negative with something overwhelmingly positive, mm-hmm. you can counter-condition. Now, if I gave you 48 cents... You'd probably think uh, I hit you back. You'd probably still be mad. And you'd hit me back, right? <laughs> but there'd be a certain amount that would counter condition you to say, "Hmm, this is, this ain't so bad." Yeah. Um, and with with dogs, um, you know, hunters have done this for years with with gun dogs, mm. where they'll take puppies, and when it's feeding time, the puppies are around the bowl. You know, uh, the they'll they'll fire a gun, maybe you know, a uh, hundred feet away, just to get the dogs used to. You know, hearing yes. the gun sound yeah. while they're doing something that they like, which is eating. Mm. You see, so um, you, you can do that with with loud noises. Maybe you know, you might need uh, the help of uh, someone else in the household to maybe go in another room. Mm-hmm. You know, bang a pot or pan or do make a noise right, at right. the same time you're giving the dog a treat. And then now, hopefully that'll like with the, all the other sounds yeah, too. Yeah. Help. Now, if the yeah. dog is more afraid of the sound than it is eager for the treat, mm-hmm. you haven't counter-conditioned. Oh. So the dog either has to be hungrier or you have to have something that's more... Betterer. Yeah, betterer. It has to be betterer. <laughs> Tantalizing, just yes. Like, yes. Just like we brought up with, with Matt, you know, um, if I gave him five bucks and slapped him, would that be worth it? Probably yeah, not. Yeah. He's a very wealthy man. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know, may, maybe $100 would do it. You know, yeah. but you're going to reach a point where it's like, yeah, this this is worth it. I'll take five bucks. I'll go feed a dog. <laughs> yeah. He's cheap. He's cheap. He will do it for five dollars too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Among other things. But um, so that, that, yeah, that, that's the process. It's it's called it's called desensitizing, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's the process within that is uh, is counter conditioning. You know what I feel? Yes, what do you feel? I feel I feel very accomplished. Ah. I think today was good. 
Yeah, well, I just we, we it was good stuff, man. We had Christina Rinaldi on from You're, the you, Detroit this, Dog Rescue. This is good to hear. You're usually barely hanging on. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. And now you feel good and accomplished. Yeah. Yeah, hey, yeah. He still has bourbon left. He's feeling really accomplished. Oh, that's why. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Sippy, sippy. I got my sippy cup. Uh, so, but no, it was, uh, I think it was some good stuff. And uh, we appreciate everybody hanging out with us. I if like you, Christina. It, yeah. yeah she is awesome because, like I, I, I was saying, uh, it takes a lot. Uh, mm. It takes a lot of everything. She's been doing it a long time. Yeah, a lot of people don't. Yeah. They, they don't last that long. Right. You get they they bur- they get burned out. Yeah. It's, it's it's thankless. She's got a great team around her yeah. too. Yeah. So. She well, actually has a Facebook fan page that yeah. you can follow. Yep. And she's always posting updates of uh, you know the Detroit Dog Rescue and everything yeah. that she does. So if you get a chance, follow her. But then also follow Animal Talk Radio because we follow her yeah. at the same time. So maybe that has something to do with it. Mm. The Christina and the bourbon. I think maybe that together. It was a, it's like a whole, wow, I have yeah. a nice person to talk to. I have something to drink and make me feel fun and fuzzy. <laughs> but you're that's here. That's the biggest. And the, that, and, that's and the biggest here. positive. I love being so, here. Grandpa. I am so glad you're here. <laughs> Can I sit on your lap and call you Grandpa? Nope. <laughs> oh, he'll give you five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ah, right. uh, get a little gas on that there. All right, let's do this. There you go. Who's that? It's time for the bad animal joke of the week. Sorry, early because I got a lot of them. Oh, okay. No, no, I, I, I got, I got to go. I was gonna, I was gonna do one when Christina was here because it was, it was funny. All right, but here, uh, bad animal joke of the week. Uh, why couldn't Moses adopt a kitten from an animal shelter? Moses, you're going that far back. Mm-hmm, huh? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why couldn't back. he adopt a kitten why from a shelter? I don't know why couldn't Moses adopt a kitten. Because the himself. shelter was non-profit. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That had better be the only one that you got tonight. Because oh. <laughs> you are cut the f- oh. <laughs> Non-profit. What do you call a chicken at the North Pole? What's that? Lost. <laughs> <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Uh, who's there? Kanga. Kanga who? Nope. Kangaroo. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, all right. What's well, uh, all right? So, um, <laughs> no, that's inappropriate. Um, so, when you stop by the animal shelter and pick up a dog, great. You stop by the women's shelter, not the same response. <laughs> okay, no, I probably shouldn't have said that one. Probably not. Okay, no. fair play. How about but this hey, one? If this if this is what it takes to keep you <laughs> from grabbing a rifle and hanging out the overpass on I-75, then yeah, let's do it. All right, last one. What's a cat's favorite song? Cat Scratch Fever? Three oh. Blind Mice. Oh. <laughs> it's a favorite thing, right? Because they're easy to catch. Yeah. They're, all right. Anyway, that was, uh, no, like I said, that was just a crap ton of fun today. Yeah. Um, I appreciate everybody hanging out. Uh, Matt, you are awesome. Oh, thanks, Jamie. And it's good to see Brian, too. Yeah. What, what happened to our little Sam? The, the, the whole band has to be back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had wristband business to take care of. Yeah. She sells watch bands at the mall at a kiosk. No. <laughs> she's a, no, she works, uh, she does their marketing and yeah. photography and stuff for uh, wristwatch band people. It's crazy. That's a whole industry. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Crazy. So, uh, she had she had very important wristband industry <laughs> business to take care of. So, uh, but we had business to take care of here, and we appreciate you hanging out while we did it. 
And uh, we'll do it again very, very soon. AnimalTalkRadio.com and all the socials and the webs. And uh, till next time, please have an exotic week. And kiss your wild thing for me. <laughs> <laughs>